to Going Mutts with the Little Black Dog Rescue Group. Join hosts Sarah and Erin each week as we dive into all things rescue, dogs, and the dog parent life. The Little Black Dog Rescue Group is a DC area-based, all-volunteer, all-foster-based dog rescue. Our goal is to help any abandoned, mistreated, or abused dog find the best possible home in the DC area regardless of breed, color, or size. We strive to achieve this goal with compassion, transparency, and a strong sense of responsibility to our dogs, applicants, volunteers, foster families, and supporters. Read more about what we do at www.thelittleblackdog.org. to going months. Veda is being herself. <laughs> yes, she is. This week, so it's nice of her to get us off on a, on a happy note for a serious topic today. Uh, we are tackling a big issue, and that is pitties. Uh, pit bulls get a bad rap. Uh, I have one. It was not... It was, I mean, the reason that he's here in part is because of... The rap that he was getting, the bouncing he was doing, and the effect that it was having on his personality and mentality and all that. Uh, we talked last week about the PG County ban on pit bulls, and they're hardly alone in imposing those restrictions. Uh, we struggle to find pit bull fosters because of uh, housing restrictions from landlords uh, and the number of people that live in apartments around here. But first, uh, before we get all the way into this, I think that we should, we should give everyone an update on our fosters from last week. Our, well, you didn't have one last week, so you can <laughs> tell us about that first in a minute. And then kind of where our dogs from last week are and who we have now. You want to get started? Yep. Sounds good. So Feta uh, is our new foster. She is of the cheese litter. Um, she is the puppiest puppy that ever puppied. Um, she's <laughs> got all that. That was Ivan. <laughs> she is she, the puppiest puppy that ever puppy. She gets, she's the new award winning. <laughs> yes. She's crazy. She is, um, super active. Um, she's, uh, running around everywhere. She's smart though. She's mm-hmm. like already awesome. kind of figured out the pee pads um and i think sometimes when she doesn't she just does it despite me like i think she's that smart mm-hmm. um, and she's already learning tricks which is one of the best ways to get her energy out hello mac <laughs> so so that's feta loki's doing okay with feta but loki would like to put in a personal plea to please get her out of the house <laughs> as loki cannot handle the puppy energy so communicating for loki today <laughs> How about your foster baby, Sarah? So we talked last week about Yoshi. Yoshi was officially adopted by our lumberjack adopter. <laughs> Yay! Uh, Ozzy has also been adopted. So last week I was fostering the little Yorkie mix, Ozzy. He was adopted by a lovely retired couple. I have not seen an older man that happy to see a little dog in a very long time. And it was so sweet (laughs) so sweet uh and then my newest foster is in her whelping closet she's a pregnant mama came back uh with me and my family from puerto rico over the weekend uh she is probably a chihuahua beagle tan min pin mix um she her name's vita as i said 
She's very, very pregnant. Uh, but yeah, Vita is ready to pop, watching her closely. Okay, so uh, it's time now for our Caddy Corner and Black Heart moments. This week, my Caddy Corner is that it is so dang hard to find drivers for our dogs. Um, it's just tough with, you know, living in the D.C. area. A lot of people don't have cars. Um, people are starting to go back to the office. Um, so it's just been really hard to get dogs to medical appointments and things like that. And it's just like a challenge that we deal with all the time. Um, and so it's just, it's, yeah, it's tough. And you want to make sure that these dogs can get, you know, the, the treatment they need. And it's, it's, and it's not just, it's not just vet appointments, vet Mm -hmm. vet appointments are the big ones. They're the really big ones because the dog's going to the vet for a reason, presumably. (laughs) And it's either because they're sick or we are concerned that they are sick or because they need a spay or neuter, and we've been able to get an appointment scheduled in a reasonable amount of time at our low-cost clinic that we work with. SpaceBot, they're the bomb. If you haven't heard about them, go to them. There's, they are located inside PG County. Go to SpaceBot. They're amazing. They'll get you in in a couple of weeks. Uh, for dogs less than 50 pounds, it's 150 bucks. You can't beat it. It's really, like, not around here you can't. But totally agree. I think we've also been doing more events, and... Getting dogs to events is important. That's why people are coming to events a lot of the time. It's not just to see our beautiful faces, although that is also a big part of it. I think that's a perfect caddy corner. That is also mine. I share that caddy corner moment with you. I'm cheating, but it was mine was right. driving to before I read the script. <laughs> what is your black heart moment? So my black heart moment is Feta. We'd been with out of foster. I want to say I'm saying it's a few weeks. I don't think it was that long, but it felt like it was longer. not. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always forget how much fun it is to have a foster. Um, and I think what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about how I love the puppy fosters because they're so they're just exploring and figuring things out, and it's just like um, it's just they're so curious, and she's got so much spunk, and I just I. It's definitely stressful, um, but I love it, and so I, I'm enjoying being a foster mama again. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's hard sometimes to remember with puppies that you know they don't have like the the baggage that comes sometimes with the older dogs. They don't have behaviors that are yeah they're blank slate. Um, but so sometimes you forget um, that you're still helping out even when you're fostering a puppy. Like it's still rescuing a dog that needed rescue. Um, but I think like that little reminder of, of doing that and, and saving a dog that otherwise wouldn't maybe have been saved is really, it's just, you're fine. <laughs> it's just, it's really important. And I've enjoyed having Feta. So yeah, that's me. What about you? <laughs> uh, my black heart moment is revisiting old things I like to do. So uh, we did the puppy yoga event and five years ago, I was teaching yoga. <laughs> that was like, that's how I killed my free time was teaching yoga after after my regular job. It was how I made new connections with people. Uh, I really liked to do it. And when I moved to the DMV in 2017, I I mean, there's there was not a shortage of yoga teachers in the area. 
And I tried to find uh, a teaching gig and I couldn't. And I just stopped doing it. Uh, so yesterday I was able to instruct a puppy yoga class at uh, the school that our transport director VP um, is a social worker at. And it was amazing. It was it was good to remember, well, to remind myself that I can do it. A lot of it is muscle memory. A lot. <laughs> I forgot how, like, just blah, 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 blah. It's a lot of talking and yelling. <laughs> I yell a lot as a yoga teacher. <laughs> but I am very sore today. <laughs> I knew I would be. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I just forgot how much I liked doing it because I haven't had a reason to do it in a while and and dog rescue gave me a reason to do it again so black heart moment is revisiting old favorites Love that. <laughs> uh, all right so we're talking pit bulls uh aaron you are the researcher here what can you tell us about pit bulls in history so pit bulls i think we all kind of know in general they have a bit of a sad history um, and when we refer to pit bulls, we're referring to the American Pit Bull Terrier, the American Staffordshire Terrier, and the Staffordshire Bull Terrier. They're all different breeds, but they all generally fall under the name of pit bull, um, the pit bull label. So um, most of my research came from Lovable, Love Able, <laughs> which is a nonprofit dedicated. I read it like that. <laughs> that is what that is. <laughs> I love that. It's very creative. Um, yeah, it's spelled L-O-V-E dash A dash B-U-L-L. Yes. <laughs> oh, so, oh, there's a ballo. <laughs> he knows we're talking about him. Okay, so, all right. That was enough. I actually didn't kiss you that hard. Sorry. <laughs> so most of my research came from Love a Bull, which is a nonprofit dedicated to education and advocacy on behalf of the breeds commonly referred to as pit bulls. And according to Lovable, pit bulls were bred in 1800s England for the purpose of killing rats, but not like getting rid of rats on a farm like you would think. Um, they would literally put pit bulls in a pit with rats. So they were game dogs. Game dogs. And game dogs currently is essentially slang for fighting dogs. So they would just be put in a pit with rats and they would say um, they would bet on which of the dogs would kill the most rats in the set amount of time. So as time went on and pit bulls made their way to the U.S., they were seen more as working companions um, rather than fighting dogs. They helped out on the frontier. They served as guard dogs. Um, there are some famous pit bulls of the time. So Sally was the mascot of the 11th Pennsylvania Infantry during the Civil War. Um, she reportedly cheered on the unit by biting at bullets as they hit the ground and was not deterred by en enemy fire. No, no. <gasps> Oof. Uh, she would march at the head of the unit with the commander, knowing that she's in charge. Um, there's a monument to her at Gettysburg. So we actually, Aww. my husband's a big Civil War buff, and we took Loki there to pay her respects to Sally the Pitbull. So there's also um, one of my favorites is Sergeant Stubby, who's believed to have been part pit bull, and he's the most decorated war dog of World War One. So I just think, why was he stubby? Just short, or did uh, he have nuts? He he's definitely a smaller pity. If you look at pictures, we'll include a link to pictures of him and the resources so you can see. So he's definitely a smaller pity, but I'm not sure if that was related to his name or if that was just 
Um, fun fact, I call Loki Sergeant Stubby when she's being stubborn. <laughs> so, so there's that. Um, but yeah, so Pitbulls were starting to have um, a little more, you know, of a normal, not normal, but like a more of a dog companion working dog rather than the fighting dogs of 1800s England. Okay. So there was there was an upswing and at least an attempt to make sure that the, the kind of personality that, that they had was being put to good yes. use. Yeah, and that's like it? Pitbulls um, are good with kids, so they would help watch, watching kids and stuff on the um, on the on the farm, on the frontier, and stuff too. And that was kind mm-hmm. of when that reputation came out too um, with Pitbulls. So it was you know the, those aspects of the Pitbulls. Um, were you know they just became part of of life with their owners and they were not um not being used predominantly for that fighting uh purpose the i think part of the reason that the they were used for fighting and in these the rat pits and pits in general is because they they don't like a lot of their instinct is to yeah. bite an animal not a and person, not yeah. a person. So they've also been referred to as a nanny dog because of their protective quality. Uh, they are very people oriented and they don't want to bite people. They have a, a, an aversion. They historically have had an aversion to biting people. Now, if you treat something badly enough, if you condition something to do a thing, that is a negative behavior, they will do that. Yes. <laughs> you can't, you can't, yeah. Uh, I, people did a lot of, people have a, a huge part to play in the reputation that pit bulls yes. have currently. Um, it sounds like we used to have, or we were working on at least, a pretty positive view of pit bulls. What, when did that change again? What happened? According to Lovable, in the 1980s, um, dog, fi- dog fighting as a practice began to get more popular, um, despite just a few years prior being made um, illegal in all 50 states. Um, so pit bulls were sought out to be a part of these illegal dog fighting activities. There's increased demand, so people were breeding them, didn't really care about how they were being bred, how they were being trained, how they were being socialized or not. Um, they just really wanted to make a profit off of the demand for these pit bulls. So all of a sudden, this war hero dog breed um, was now being seen as a violent criminal dog. And by the late 80s, the media really picked up on that and started um, portraying the pit bull in a negative light as a violent dog involved involved in criminal activity. Um, and that's really what started to change public opinion around pit bulls and then dogs um, that were bred for fighting were discarded when they were found to be no longer useful families didn't want the dogs because they had been so villainized and shelters filled up with um with pit bulls yeah the i think seven towards the end of the 70s throughout the 80s kids that were like alive children at least three were able in the 90s, I feel like the 90s is really when things started to, the world started to go, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> there are bad people out there. 
Yeah. Maybe they are trying to hurt our kids and are, maybe they aren't trying to, to create good dogs for good reasons. Maybe they, yeah, I don't know. The, the 90s was a time of realization. <laughs> maybe that's why the grunge era was so relevant. <laughs> we were really struggling with some of the choices we made up until that, that time. That is true. <laughs> and the dogs that were involved in this also, while being good, while being potentially good family dogs, but like not a guarantee at this point. And with the background that they have, like you just said, they now have who who's going to invite or introduce that level of potential harm into their home. But also these are not dog friendly dogs now. Absolutely not dog friendly dogs. Most, sorry, not absolutely, most likely, not dog, they have no good reason to be dog friendly and they want to be loved by people. So if a dog that's been part of a fighting ring, we've had one that I know of that was part of, that, that came from a, a dog fighter that's very out loud about it. This, I shouldn't talk about it because I got really worked up. Very upset. I was very messed up by the whole introduction. I am I'm a benefit of the doubt thinker to a fault. And I know dog fighting is a thing. We're talking about it. We've talked about it throughout this episode. I know that people use pit bulls for that. I I didn't want to get exposed to it. And then we were. The rescue was our dog Champ. I uh, came from... A, a YouTube lottery in Wilson, North Carolina. This man is out loud dogfighting. Out loud on the internet dogfighting. And it is a sit and wait situation. And it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. How do you just wait? But evidently that's something you can do. And I had a lot of hesitation about this dog too because I don't know to what extent that gets bred into this and there's so much I learned more about game dogs true game dogs dog fighting than I've ever wanted to know and at the same time like I I had to catch myself and remind myself that puppies are a blank slate we said at the beginning puppies are a blank slate they are they're going to turn into the adults that you teach them to be, that you support them in being. I'm getting on a on a soapbox and I know that, but Champ was, I like, I was watching the interactions that I had with people because of Champ, because I knew where he came from and I knew how, like how long this history had been with this person that is breeding these dogs, that is, that has convictions associated with dog fighting before. I was getting weird, but probably true. Like way too much information from animal control way too soon to actually feel like it was true. <laughs> I don't know. And I I just feel helpless and hopeless in this situation. And all we could do is help the dog. Champ was one of our most expensive medical dogs. Uh, he had Parvo. He came to us from Emma Vet. Uh, the owner couldn't afford the parvo treatment. And so this is where pit bulls are incredibly resilient. That dog 100% is, 
had he gone another day, would have been dead. He would have been dead. He spent, uh, he spent a week, essentially, in the hospital receiving treatment for Parvo. And he ultimately made it, but that was $10,000 later. <laughs> right around $10,000 later. With enough, with, with the right timing, if you get to Parvo in time and you are able to throw money at it, you will save your dog. That's the, the kind of the silver lining to Parvo. Uh, but this dog, the other part, the other side of this is on the rescue side, nobody, there are so few people, not nobody, there are so few people looking for a pit bull. And knowing this dog's background, knowing where he came from, knowing that people kind of want that story. Again, I don't like a sobs. I, not a sob story. I do love a sob story. I love a sob story. I don't like assigning a background to a dog that we can't, we don't know. For puppies, yeah. they're blank slates. Their background is what we make of it. I know way too much about Champ's background to consider that his life, to, to not consider that his life would have gone much differently had his previous owner not surrendered him. So I am grateful to the person that purchased him for at least having understanding that surrendering him was the right thing to do. I know this man got a dog another month later. <laughs> I I don't know. It's Pitbulls have a very rough history. Pitbulls in this area, and I, I assume most areas, but that's just because of the history that they have. Yeah. Have a hard time finding the right adoptive homes. I, I'm sorry. I totally usurped this, but Shelters, this is your line too. Shelters get filled up. They are filled up. PG County has pit bulls that they can't adopt out. They have to transfer them to rescues. Did you know that one of the ladies that was at the uh, puppy yoga event is a foster coordinator for vindicated pit bulls in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area? Yes, I think I heard that. Yeah. That, I, I cannot say enough how much... How difficult <laughs> that would be. Knowing that we have to seek a foster commitment, essentially, before accepting a pit bull, or mm -hmm. know that we have a set of potential adopters that would consider a pit bull before bringing them here or taking them into the rescue, I cannot imagine how difficult it is to support a foster program that is for dogs that are predominantly pit bulls. It is yeah. hard enough in this area to keep a pit bull in a home. I, the shelters the shelters fill up. They fill up. If you look at any singular shelter in this area, you're going to see 80% at least. That is a conservative, conservative estimate, 80% pit bulls. So it was in the 80s after, you know, we're seeing this dialogue start to really shift towards pit bulls being aggressive and pit bulls being the source of dog problems. If a dog's remotely pit bull, this dog was a pit bull and it attacked a dog, a cat, a kid, a neighbor, uh, a squirrel, uh, a car, <laughs> you name it, they attacked it, each other, uh, itself. That is when we start to see that laws were being passed to restrict ownership of certain breeds. And they were the aggressive breeds. Uh, and 
Lovable says that the first recorded city to do so was, I read this and said, Hollywood, California. No, Hollywood, Florida, which is so, one, the fact that there is a Hollywood, Florida is not surprising to me. And the fact that Florida is the first place, (laughs) I'm sorry, Floridians, the fact that Florida (laughs) was the first place that this happened in. I'm sure in part of, part of that is because Florida has the most, they're the most open and out loud about their laws and about who's arrested there. It's also why like, it looks like crazy people are in Florida. It's because they're very open, open public, about their, honest yep. about who's arrested and for what. <laughs> yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So according to the ASPCA, more than 700 U.S. cities have breed specific laws and that's what they're called. BSL is uh, breed-specific laws. Uh, 21 states banned uh, BSLs, but that leaves more than half of the United States where these laws can be passed and are already in place. And we have one so close to us. So close to... uh, It is in our surface area. It is in the rescue service area. Uh, Prince George's County has breed restrictions. They've been in place, I think it was since 1996 or 1998. They did, they did a very kind thing and grandfathered pit bulls that were owned by people prior to 1996 uh, into this, or as a, a exclusion from this requirement. There are no 26-year-old pit bulls, probably. If there are, then they're some of the oldest living dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, there are a couple of caveats to this. And those are, like, if it was a, like, fire rescue, search and rescue trained dog, then that pit bull is allowed to live in Prince George's County. But there is a lot of, like, really showing and proving that before your dog is taken away and put in a shelter. And of the dogs that do poorly in a shelter, pit bulls are, they have the hardest time. They're very sensitive. They're so sweet and so sensitive. And if you put that you put that personality in a shelter, they're going to struggle and it will change them. And not for the better, oftentimes, really not for the better. You have to have a very mentally resilient pit bull that that can be okay in a shelter. Uh, And I think that Walter is a good example of a dog that that really has done well, (laughs) despite his circumstances. And we'll talk about him a little bit more. Uh, So just so you know, these laws don't appear to be effective in preventing dog bite. That's the whole other part. We have this legislation. We have these laws in place because of these aggressive breed dogs. These, there is no research to support that these laws are effective in preventing dog bites or protecting public safety. It, I think that there is like, there's an argument to be made that is just more... It is more presumptive than it is supported by research and literature. And I also think that at this point, it is difficult to delineate if people actually know that this large breed dog that I got bit by, I was truly a pitnix. Or are they saying, I was afraid. I saw a dog that was big and it bit me. And yeah, it was probably people. Because they know that. Because that's the dialogue. Not because they know that. Because that's the dialogue that is out there. That exists. It's a tough conversation. It is a tough reality. It's not a tough conversation. It it is also. But it's a tough reality for these dogs. 
that they they have this really, really, really bad rap. And I have a very controversial opinion to extend this to. I don't know that they actually measure the number of bites that occur to that are directly associated with police dogs. And I think that's because they have a job to do. Police dogs are predominantly German shepherds. Uh, pit bulls are criminalized in a way that they are a dog that given a job, they could do this job very effectively. But because they are not on the job, these bites are reported as essentially criminal acts. They are limited to that. And at the same time, police dogs that are doing a job are able to bite people because they have been trained and taught to do that. But police dogs that retire, that there's a whole set of, there's a whole discussion to be had around the drive that a German Shepherd has and putting that to work and the importance of that. But at the same time, how do you scale that back? How do you retire a police dog that was taught to do this their whole life? It, it, it's just, I, I have a hard time with these two breeds in particular because they're so similar. Technically, they're so mm-hmm. similar. And our experience with them on the rescue side is also very similar. German Shepherds have a hard time around here. And it's yeah. because most of these dogs, the, the capacity, the bite capacity, that's how I like to talk about it. The bite capacity and the the risk potential associated with that. They can do more harm than a mean little dog. The meanest little dog can only do so much harm because their mouth is only the size that it is. It is significantly smaller than the bite on a pit bull and the bite on a German Shepherd. Mm -hmm. If you put them to work and you say, you are allowed to go bite that person, this is now your job, then that is perceived differently. And I think we see that in the war dogs too. In the, you know, in, in World War One, good old Sergeant Stubby was, was put to work. He was given this responsibility. So the perception is different. At the end of the day, if we're teaching dogs to bite, then we, we can't also criminalize them for it. We're teaching them to do it. I, I, yeah, again, getting on a soapbox that is not exactly what we're talking about and we'll probably <laughs> cut a fair amount of that out but I these are the things that I think about <laughs> these are the things that I think about because dog there are some dogs that just do better with a job there are some that want to sit with you their job is to love you <laughs> yeah there are some who want a different job and pit bulls are kind of whatever you whatever you want them to be Apollo is not a dog that needs a job. <laughs> Apollo is perfectly happy snuggling on the, on the couch. <laughs> he, he's a rowdy player, but he loves playing with Mac. He's, I, I, I know I said this before. I know, I knew Apollo was going to eat Mac. I just knew it. And then he didn't. And it was like, my husband trusted Apollo immediately in a way that made me very concerned. <laughs> but he has only ever been wonderful with Every dog we've brought in this house. You have here was that there's no evidence that breed-specific laws make communities safer for people or for companion animals. And actually, the CDC strongly opposes breed-specific laws. Uh, They have been getting more positive attention lately. Uh, And 
despite positive attention. I mean, this is, you don't, you don't, stereotypes are resilient <laughs> too. Damn. And mm-hmm. pit bulls have had this kind of reputation since the 80s. Uh, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon, but I think the dialogue can be directed more positively. And I think for what it's worth, the rescue experience has been predominantly very positive on the pit bull front. Um, I, I did want to just point out here quickly before we move on to Walter. Uh, while we have listeners in the DMV area considering adopting Walter, <laughs> that, uh, so I mentioned her earlier, my sister, her name's Courtney. She is the VP of Marketing at Preserve at Westfields. It's a Northwood Raven apartment um, living. Mm, I did not look up how to refer to this place. So I'm going to say it wrong. It's Northwood Raven. They're lovely. They, we actually had our first adoption event at Preserve at Westfields. And uh, we had a dog then. It was our second pit bull. I was going to say very first. No, Apollo was our very first pit bull. I think she was our second one. Uh, she was owner surrender, another owner surrender pit bull from Emma Vet that was hit by a car. She had some uh, trauma to her face, but for the most part, I mean, she was, I think, 10 months old. She was so sweet. She was so beautiful. And there's a picture, I think it's still on the website, of Sally holding her like a baby at this event. <laughs> uh, and she was the only, I think she was the only larger dog, the only dog adopted from this event. She's not a case, she's not like the best example, but she was best case scenario for a pit bull. Because she was so lovely while she was there, she made a, a very big impact on a family that had breed experience that was looking for a dog. And this property was offering, so uh, Preserve at Westfields was offering a no adoption fee, like no, you would you didn't have to pay a fee to the apartment if you adopted from this event. They also didn't have breed restrictions at the time. But uh, I, I wanted to mention that Northwood Raven Properties no longer have any aggressive aggressive breed or weight restrictions for residents of their communities. And these communities are, we have one here, but they're all, there's a lot in North Carolina. I think they have some in Georgia. I want to say they have one in Florida, but I'm not positive about that. Uh, there, there are a number of them. So I think that is a step in the right direction. And I, I hope that, you know, more places are able to take that cue. Absolutely. Well, our two currently available for adoption pities, um, as I mentioned a few episodes ago, we have Walter. It's our pity meatloaf. Um, I am our big, always beefy in boy. <laughs> big beefy boy. I am always and forever going to be Walter's hype girl. I... <laughs> love this dog my husband loves this dog i just want him if we were in a different situation we might adopt him but do you have breed kids in your apartment we do yeah and um we just uh i just know he's gonna be i mean he really defies like all the negative stereotypes of pit bulls um i mean he was at our adoption event last week at bark social and my husband kept commenting how he was the calmest dog there he was so good. Like um, uh, we had some some kids, and he was super great with the kids. He's just sweet. He found a couple he liked, and he just plopped down right next to them, and and like 
snuggled with him for a while. Every time his foster mom left the area, he would like miss her so much. He'd be like, where'd you go? I mean, it's just so affectionate. I have very quickly, uh, I do more information than anybody needs. In my current custodial situation, I will, I see my kids for 10 days at a time. Uh, it, we usually stay in an Airbnb. I found a dog-friendly Airbnb that is very accepting of Apollo. I, despite his his absolute sweetheartedness of a personality, the thing that makes me so comfortable staying in a place that many people stay in is Apollo. He comes with me and he will wake up. I, I've experienced this. He wakes up every two or three hours, patrols the house, and then comes and like lays back down. He is checking on everybody in that house. And it's it makes me feel I know that nobody's getting in to nobody's getting into this house or any other house that I'm in without me knowing about it. <laughs> it will not happen. I mean Mac and Cece also <laughs> will let me know. But I think a Apollo, and I might be part of the problem in this statement, Apollo's bark is going to be preventative yeah. to an extent more than as well. A more than or a <laughs> pump, yeah. <laughs> you know, Loki thinks she sounds way more intimidating than she does. <laughs> she sounds pretty tough to me. <laughs> Cece rules the roost. She's got full control over but I I can't agree with you more about Walter. He's sweet, he's lovely. He uh, came from a vet's office. Uh, how long has he been with us? Do we know? I th- he came up last summer, I think, but he was on medical hold for a while. Long time because of his skin. I know. His current foster just celebrated her five-month fosterversary with him, I believe I saw on Instagram. Oh. So, Well, congratulations. God bless her. He's turned the dog skin around. Yes. He, his quality of life was in question until she took him in and did what she did, which was following doctor's orders. <laughs> to a, she was following doctor's orders within a schedule, a nurse's schedule, which is also really hard to do. Yes. It can be done. It's just finding the dog to to really do that for. And Walter is one of those. He's a good boy. He's a good old big beefy boy. (laughs) Uh, And then Fancy's our other one, right? Yes. So Fancy, I believe, just came from Tennessee not too long ago. She's so beautiful, also super friendly. She was also at the adoption event and just spent hours running around with her pals, um, took really good cues from the other dogs, just really um, just so much spunk and energy. Um, She was friendly with Loki. Loki did not return the favor, um, but Fancy respected her wishes. (laughs) Uh, But she just loved playing and she's um, she's smaller than Walter, I believe. Um, Yeah, but she's yeah, she's a she's about half his size. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Maybe only 20 pounds. So what? Two Loki smaller. (laughs) Yeah, two Loki smaller than Walter. She's about two years old. So she's young like Walter is. So they're still... Um, 
you know, lots of energy, but they'd be great for, I mean, I would say I don't think Walter is as high energy as people think he is um, from looking at him. I think he's a little more chill than that, especially as he's been recovering. He hasn't wanted to go on super long walks, but um, I mean, everybody, I I feel like I'm one of the least active dog owners in this area, so... <laughs> There we go. You got him. <laughs> I was trying to get him to hop in the chair. He's not done this before. <laughs> oh, Apollo. Say hi. You nipped it. Hello. Oh, that was an Apollo bop on the mic. Oh, there we go again. He's Sorry. talking. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking. I wish he would do his. We'll get it. But yeah, Fancy is beautiful. I don't have a good, like, go to, like, big beefy boy, meatloaf man thing for fancy yet because she's yeah very sweet she's just very sweet i and it's yeah i don't i just don't have one (laughs) i have to meet her she was our she was our matchmaker monday also so uh please check her out you can see lots of photos and read a little more about her um we also have a blog on the website about walter um Yes, my, we have the Walter special Diaries. Boy. Walter Diaries. <laughs> yeah, so so that's a great way to kind of get a little more. Um, Walter also has a good highlight, which I think his medical routine has actually become a little less. I think he only gets medication once a day now. Um, so it's become a little less intensive since the highlight, but just kind of shows you, like, the realities of, uh, of what mom. Walter's day-to-day is. I made yeah. a very off-color joke because it was hard at the time. But that's how I deal with hard things. I, I'm i going to dress up as Walter for Halloween. Because there was a point in time where his whole body was wrapped in red, pink, purple bandages <laughs> to protect. Because he didn't have a barrier. He didn't have barrier enough to introduce anything. Anything. And he is, he doesn't have a single bandage on him. <laughs> yeah. Very different. All right, I did show. I did. No, wait. Damn. I was gonna show. He's in. Hi. He was all curled up. Apollo has the ability to get very small. Give me a kiss. Hey, come kiss. Give me more kisses than that. Oh no, I don't want to kiss now. All right. He's embarrassed. I never understand why you. You called him out on a podcast. <laughs> so rude. We're gonna put this on YouTube too. Oh, He's so sweet. He's a good boy. He really is. He's a good boy. Good old big boy. Well, I I am hopeful that both Walter and Fancy, they're still looking for their forever homes. Uh, We have been lucky to have a couple of good pities that that were able to find homes pretty quickly. Maple, who's our cowgirl, um, and she didn't actually find a home. (laughs) She took some time. Uh, But right after her was Harper who was an angel. She was a little Cupid angel baby. I have to find something for fancy. Cowgirl, Cupid angel baby, meatloaf man. Yeah. Apollo was our, um, Apollo was our moon man ballerina. Twinkle toes. Because <laughs> he stands on his tiptoe. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I, I'll i find something for fancy. I gotta meet her. I don't know about fancy, yeah. I met her and I'm so I just I gotta what's she like she's just such a good dog like she's just she's just she's definitely active she's so playful isn't she very Um, uh like in she she's a good read of dogs and people 
I heard about her that she she's like Colette's dog London, who's a pit mix also. Yeah. And London does this like little low crawl. You can tell she's really excited, but she's like, okay, I have to not be my size. Let me get small. <laughs> and she'll like creepy crawl. And her tail's wagging the whole time. And she's kind of like, should I show my belly? Is that going to freak this dog? <laughs> and that's, uh, Colette was like, that's what fancy, fancy's another London. So I, I just, I feel like London is her own thing and I can't find a new word to describe fancy. I have to meet her. I just have to meet her and then I'll know it. She, no. yeah, she was just happy. She um, jumped up on the table a couple, not jumped up, but she like put her paws up on the table mm-hmm. that like we had the adoption event. Her yes, yeah. And I wanted to get a picture of it. Like she was just trying to help out at the event, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Anything I can do? I don't do? know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, Hi. Um, I think she knew there were treats. Um, so definitely loves treats too, as I think they all do. Um, I've never been there before. I don't know where This is, they like, tr- Treats? Say it again. Treats. treats. Yeah, treats. Yeah. Is that like a treats. is that like a dog food or a bone? Is it a treat? <laughs> <laughs> is it a compliment? That's compliments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Loki does not consider a compliment a treat. <laughs> She's like, where's the, where's, the, where's the edible thing? I don't I don't care how much you I I don't eat your care how much or your your praise. No. no, no. You praise me while you give me food. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So we hope that people are eventually, I mean, sooner the better on this one, able to overlook the negative stereotype associated with this breed. Because once you meet them in person, it's game changing. (laughs) And depending on what your social level is, you can only technically benefit from. (laughs) If you are an introvert, People will cross the street if you're walking a pit bull. If you are an extrovert and you have an active social media, people love seeing pit bulls on social media. (laughs) They just, making sure that you're extending that to including them in your home, considering them for adoption because they are lovely, lovely dogs. They're very lovely. And if you're able to foster pit bulls and want to help out, but can't adopt Walter or Fancy, we get that. If you can foster, please consider it, please. I, we, help us help pennies, please. Please. We will never stop thanking you for it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we hope you guys were enjoying Going Mutts. Uh, If you are, we're sure you are. I am, (laughs) I'm done. Uh, If you are, please follow, rate, and review. Again, we're only accepting five stars, (laughs) but we're accepting all feedback. So five stars and any critical feedback that you have (laughs) or whatever the heck you want to do. I'm not telling you what to do. Our goal is to get the word out about our rescue and our dogs, and we can only do that with your help. So we appreciate you listening. If you want to check out all of our adoptable dogs, go to thelittleblackdog.org. That is thelittleblackdog.org. You can also sign up for our email list and become a monthly donor. Please, 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 please. Erin, please, 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 please. (laughs) Until next time, from the bottom of our little black hearts, thanks for tuning in.